I'm Alicia. And I'm Ashley. And we are Murd Nerds. Hello, fellow Murd Nerds. Welcome back to another week and another dose of true crime. If you're a returning listener, thank you for all the continued support. As of episode 20, we reached 10,000 plays. Woo! Yay! (laughs) I can't believe it. So thank you for all the outpouring of support that we have seen since this all took off back in November of 2021. If you're new to Murder Nerds, we are a true crime podcast that delves into the stories of missing people, unsolved murders, and strange crime within our home state of Indiana. Did you know, sweet listener, that Indiana ranks 48th when it comes to solving unsolved homicides? Holy shit, that's second to last for all of you guys who are bad at math. (laughs) Third to last. There's 52. (laughs) There's 50 50 states. (laughs) Yeah, that's two. Oh, okay. I thought you said there's 52, and then I was like, wait. (laughs) Yeah, and you said we're 48th. That's Mm -hmm. second to last. Oh, yeah, that's second to last, right? Third third to last. last? Okay. 50th would be last. Well, fuck me then. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, there's 52 states. Okay. Before we jump into this week's case, let's introduce our team here at Murder Nerds, my co-host and literal partner in crime, Ashley. How you doing, Ashley? I'm great. She means partner in life. Fuck you, Roy. (laughs) (laughs) And our emperor, if you don't get the reference, go check out the call, guys. Our producer, our editor, Jeremy, a.k.a. Golden J. How you doing today, Jeremy? That would be your partner in paranormal. Partner in paranormal. There <laughs> we go. on his throne up here now. I got my throne. <laughs> For real, Looking you are good up there with your glasses. <laughs> Heck yeah. That's right. I, they're they're, uh, they're sunglass readers, so I can actually see, but yet still look somewhat Cool. You look super cool. The coolest. Somewhat. <laughs> you look similar on your shirt there. I know, right? That's my retro. Uh, that's me from my um, high school uh, senior picture. I would love to see. He's we, got need a... to, we need to post this shirt on a side-by-side with the picture. We should. We should do that. Like, I'll do that I in the show like notes. Yes, okay. Or in the, okay. the social media notes. All right. So we record these a little bit in advance. So today's date is... Dun, dun, dun. Friday the 13th. Spooky. That would be when this releases. So, which okay. today, if you don't hear from like, me. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the future. So, which today, if you don't hear from me much on social media, it's because I'm throwing my best friends, Jessica and Skylar, a bachelor bachelorette party, who is Jeremy's son and future daughter-in-law. It's true. And uh, so, after 15 years, Jess is finally going to be a golden. And uh, we're throwing a fun co-ed Olympic style boys versus girls party. Ooh. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. So wish the girls good luck that we are successfully defeating the boys, including Gunner from The Call Guys <laughs> and Skylar from uh, Golden Image Podcast. But anyways, in lieu of it being Friday the 13th and hoping nothing crazy happens tonight at this party, do either of you have any weird stories of Friday the 13th? Oh, I, I don't. You don't have any? Not not think of? Uh, like momentous enough for me to remember. Huh? Yeah, I don't think I do either, really. Really? Yeah. Oh, let me guess. You have one. I have one. <laughs> I, I, <but> <laughs> I always have stories. So I found out I was pregnant with my daughter Val on October, Friday the 13th okay. of 2017. And that same exact day, Roy's uncle got in a car accident 
a couple towns away. I remember this. And he was totally fine. Not a big deal. He had a deer at like 11 p.m. at night, or obviously at 9 p.m. But everything was fine. But the funny thing is, is a couple months later, we got a letter in the mail saying that my husband was getting his license taken away for not making a claim on his insurance for an accident. And I was like, wait, what the hell? This doesn't make any sense. Because we had a date that night. And that's when I found out I was pregnant. Like, I could remember that date pretty clearly. So I had to do, like, all of this deep diving into what the heck was going on. Turns out, a couple days before, he and his uncle worked together in a factory. And there was a lady that didn't believe that they were related. So they both pulled out their IDs, handed them over, and said, yep, like, we have the same last name. Like, we kind of look similar, I guess. And then when she handed them back, she flip-flopped the IDs. No. Yeah. I remember all of this. And they just put them right in their wallet and didn't, didn't think look any- at them. Yeah, yeah, didn't think anything of it. So when he called the police to come out and make the report, he took the ID, didn't look at it, because they both have dark hair and stuff. Right. The cop must have been like... It was late. I mean, it was 11, so maybe he was tired or something. He didn't look at it and see that the registration and the first like the names. first names didn't match up. Which my husband's first name is his uncle's middle name. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and oh then they have God. the same last name. Perfect storm. Yep. Wow. So all of this crazy stuff happened on Friday the 13th in October. So what are the chances? Honestly. Yeah, that's insane. I remember that whole debacle. Yeah. That, was, that was frustrating. <laughs> Just Friday the 13th doing its job, but I thought it was a funny sh- story for mm-hmm. Friday the 13th. And surprisingly not like paranormal or like dark, you know. Yeah, just, just bad luck. kind of, yeah. That's insane. It was serendipitous. So was the lady that wanted to see their uh, licenses a witch? She, <gasps> was like, she knew the whole she was like, time. She's like, I curse you. Yes. I this curse you. This will give you three weeks of... Trouble and red tape to cut through. <laughs> Alicia, I know this is going to cause you issues. <laughs> That's funny. So this week I am bringing you a story that I found through one of our favorite true crime Reddit writers. <gasps> the Bones of Autumn. The Bones of Autumn. Um, of course. So this story is pretty local to us here at Murd Nerds, so I couldn't help but to share. Plus, there have been some recent developments in this case, as of April 2020. Oh my gosh. I'm excited to find out what it is. This is the abduction and unsolved murder of Shelly Ann Werner. Oh, she's on my list. So I'm going to have to take her off. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I feel like our lists are probably very similar. Probably. My sources are the article written by the Bones of Autumn on the r slash unresolved mysteries uh, Reddit page, news site WNDU16. Are tried and true. Findagrave.com. I was oh. waiting for you to say it. <laughs> well, I just listened to um, uh, my favorite murder. So I was going to say Wikipedia. Oh, but that's because no. that's what they always say. Several newspaper articles from the South Bend Tribune and Crime Stoppers. Crime Stoppers. No one will know your name. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting a band soon, guys. So I couldn't find a whole lot about who Shelley was as a person. Unfortunately, we found that this happens a lot when it comes to older cases. Mm-hmm. Cases that are past like the 1990s, it just doesn't seem that they go too much into personal details about who these people were as human beings. But what I do know is Shelley was born on July 4th, 1964 in Mishawaka, Indiana to her parents, Kathleen and Ralph Werner. 
Shelley was part of the Queen of Peace Parish, played in several sports, and played in the school band at Mishawaka High School where she attended. Her parents were divorced at the time, so she lived with her mother, who was an elementary school teacher in Mishawaka at the time of her abduction. Shelley was five foot seven inches, around 130 pounds, and she had this beautiful red hair and hazel eyes. June 16, 1980 was a Monday. I'm assuming based on Shelley being 15 years old that she had just finished her freshman year at Mishawaka High. She was probably enjoying the Monday morning of not having to go to school and soaking in the summer before her sophomore year. Shelley's mother was at home that day, too, since school was out for summer and she was a teacher. They both exchanged goodbyes that afternoon before Shelley got into her bright orange Volkswagen Beetle to head towards the local grocery store, Wilts Food Center. And it was only about four minutes away. I know what you're thinking. How was she driving if she's only 15? Oh, were the laws different back then? I didn't think that at all. Oh, you did? <laughs> I was just like, I want an orange Volkswagen Beetle from the freaking 60s. I'm not going to lie. I was thinking, I want an orange Volkswagen <laughs> Beetle from the 60s. <laughs> well... Because in Indiana, you you legally have to be 16 to be able to hold your license. But this is based off assumption, totally. But, and from some things that I've read, Shelly did have her learner's permit. And at this time, it wasn't uncommon for kids with their learner's permit to just Yeah, like it was chill. Around. Yeah. yeah, especially in small towns. Yeah, she just had to run to the grocery store for her mom. Like, chill out. Exactly. Yeah. And as long as they stayed within a close radius of home and as long as their parents allowed it, it wasn't a big deal. I would assume since her mom sent her off to the store, she was a responsible teenager and could be trusted with the vehicle and driving the small distance to pick up some groceries. After an hour of her not coming back home, Shelley's mother, Kathleen, began to worry that something had happened to her daughter. Kathleen contacted Mishawaka police. It wasn't stated whether police went to the Wilts to see if they could spot Shelley or not, but they eventually made the decision, since there wasn't any evidence of foul play, a struggle, or anything malicious— that this was just a missing persons report. <laughs> Even though she was underage. Now, the Wilts, that's the grocery store, right? Yes. Okay. And I don't know for sure if it was considered a runaway, but like so many others during this whole time period, any child who went missing was considered a runaway. So annoying because it's the most important. Consider them a runaway after the first 72 hours. Exactly. You know? The first 48. Well, no. Fucking investigate it a little bit longer than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I know you're saying. So... It just wasn't taken too seriously, and that was until the next morning, and there was still nothing seen from Shelley, and no clue where the orange beetle was. At this point, police changed the status of the investigation from missing person to a possible abduction. Once the status was changed, local law enforcement sent out an APB to all the surrounding local police departments, including St. Joe, Elkhart, Laporte, and several others. They also sent out a call for assistance with the Indiana State Police. Immediately, Mishawaka police started a ground search for Shelley. They knew her destination was set to be the Wilts Food Center, so they started searching the route Shelley would most likely have taken from her own home. It was an apartment at 110 Bricardo Circle, and then it was a 1.9-mile trip to Wilts at the uh, 2800 block of Lincoln Way East. The trip was unsuccessful finding Shelley, but when they got to the store, they learned that Shelley, in fact, had arrived safely, but... I'm once again assuming that they got this information from the employees at Wilts. They just said that they knew she got there safely. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, CC footage wasn't really a thing at that point in time. So what was the so what year? What year was the abduction? 1980. Okay. Okay. By what law enforcement found out, Shelley had arrived at the Wilts at 
or excuse me, had arrived at Wilts at 1.30 p.m. After buying some groceries, she left the store and went to her vehicle, the orange Volkswagen, which was parked in the parking lot about 50 feet away from the entrance. So not very far. Right there, yeah. Yeah. According to statements made by several other shoppers who were there that day, when Shelly got to the driver's side of her vehicle and got in, a man rushed up to her driver's side door, opened it, and forced Shelly to climb over into the passenger seat of the vehicle as he got into the driver's seat. The witnesses stated that the man's back was to them, so they weren't sure if he had a weapon. And although Shelly looked surprised by the man and the situation, she didn't seem to be in any danger, so they didn't think it was threatening. Everything is a threat until it's not. Exactly. Oh my gosh, that's so sad. Exactly. Also, this man was said to have been loitering outside of the grocery store shortly after Shelly had arrived. He was dropped off by someone, but they are unsure if he hitchhiked there or he was just dropped off by someone that knew him. While he was outside the store, he had talked to several other teenage girls. Pretty creepy. Why did... How long was he out there? Like, did, why didn't the store people like be like, get the fuck out of here, bro? You're I don't not- think he was out there for very long. I think that they estimated this happening at two o'clock. Like, she got to the grocery store at one thirty, shopped around, and this happened around two o'clock. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Once he hijacked Shelly's vehicle, he drove out of the parking lot and turned east onto Lincoln Way Highway. All witnesses stated that the man looked to be a teenager between 16 to 18 years old. He was around 5 feet 7 inches tall, then maybe around 130 pounds, which to me is so weird because that's exactly what they said about Shelly. That's exactly how much oh, she yeah. weighed and how tall she was. Okay. Yeah, Isn't I was visualizing so like an old raggedy-ass dude in my head. No. Yeah, I was too. I was yeah. like, let me see that dude talk to two teenage girls in a row. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say some shit. But exactly. yeah, if it was like a teenage boy... You're not going to think anything of it. Mm -hmm. And thinking that, oh, this is like her boyfriend or a friend or something Mm -hmm. getting into the car. And he's like, hey, scoot over. I'll take over. He's just like out front waiting for her. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, One of the most noticeable features is that he had medium length, light blonde hair, and it was said a dirty blonde mustache. And I don't know if they mean like dirty, like it was gross. I'm assuming they mean like a dirty blonde. Like the color dirty blonde. But when I see dirty blonde, I think like, ew, there he had something in his I mustache. I call it dishwater blonde. Yeah. So hold on. He was 16, had long, dirty brown hair, right? Light blonde, blonde hair. Light blonde oh, hair. Oh, who was that in 1980? <gasps> Weighed about 120 pounds. Jeremy, about, is that what you looked like? About 10 years off on that. That would have oh. been 1990. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm good. I'm clear. <laughs> yeah, you're clear. good. I just cleared myself. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you would have been what? Eight? Uh, Yeah, somewhere right around there. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, not you. (laughs) So (laughs) during interviews with witnesses, they were able to get a composite sketch in order and released it to the public through news sources nearly immediately. Several hours after the search began underway, the orange Volkswagen Beetle was located. It's a pretty obvious car. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, They found it at a park and shop gas station several miles down Lincoln Way Highway in Osceola, Indiana. Oh. Yeah. On inspection, there were no signs of a struggle or foul play. And at this point, police decided it was just best to switch the search to the Osceola area. And that's okay. With this car, I don't know exactly what happened at that point because I know her mom got the car back. So, like, forensically, you're not sure what they did? No. 
And in the Probably news sources, nothing. they said that they were going to eventually get the car back from her mom to do forensics on Yeah. It. Well, and but it's, it's like, like, as a mom, you wouldn't touch anything, I'm sure. But yeah. they had to drive it back there. Exactly. Who drove the car back? Yeah. Ugh, that's so sketchy. Why wouldn't they just take it to the police impound tow it to the police impound because there's no it. signs of a struggle so they're probably thinking there's no obvious he, he, forensics people told him that he drove the car and in 1986 dna testing wasn't a thing until 1986 yeah but they saw the foresight at that point you would think you would think i would oh. think they would have taken fingerprints off the steering wheel at least something but i couldn't find that they did anything to it until after the mom had custody of it. Did you say 1986? Is when DNA forensics. Oh, okay. I was like, I thought you said 1980. No, Am I losing yeah, my mind? This happened in 1980. Okay, yeah, I got yeah. you. Jeez. Yeah, That's for frustrating. Real. So by that Wednesday after June 18th, police were able to start a ground search of Osceola by foot and by helicopter. Unfortunately, they were unsuccessful in finding Shelly or any clues pointing to where she could be. On Thursday, June 26, 1980, roughly 10 miles away from Wilts Food Center, two girls were taking a nature walk at around noon through a very rural, wooded area three miles south of South Bend. The area is Madison Road, which is technically in the little hamlet of Woodland. Um, but the two girls were walking along the railroad tracks and happened upon a body of a woman. Even now, I wouldn't walk down Madison Road. No. That is so scary to me. That's out in like the middle of nowhere. Yeah. She was in a ditch that ran alongside the tracks. When law enforcement arrived, they were immediately able to identify that it was Shelly and were able to confirm it by dental records. This area is very recluse, mostly farmland, and there are tons of ditches. Like, I tried to find maybe what ditch she could possibly be in. There's so many ditches out there. Oh, yeah. Well, and they run along the like every single back road back there. Uh-huh. So they... Never mind. You'll probably say it. What? I'll say, so they... they Whoever abducted her brought her back over east again, for, or uh, west from Osceola, and then went south. Because they said they went over, they found the car in Osceola. Mm-hmm. But we'll Madison, get okay. We'll yeah. get to it. See, I knew it. Uh, so it's mind-boggling to me that these girls were even able to find her at all because it's such a recluse area. From what the Tribune stated, this area was pretty common to be used as an illegal dumping ground for trash. And Ugh. that just makes me so sad that somebody decided to dump her body out there. When Shelly was found, she was partially nude and already pretty decomposed. Medical examiners never stated whether or not that she had been sexually assaulted or or anything, but she had been shot twice by a large caliber gun, once in her body and once in the left side of her head, both at close range. It was estimated that her time of death was between seven to ten, ten excuse me seven to ten, ten days prior to being found. They do believe that she was taken to that location and killed there. So what they suspect is that the man drove her car at the park and go, got into another vehicle, or somebody was waiting there for him, mm-hmm. and that's when they took her out to. So the, they think that she was killed pretty much right away. No, they, well, yeah, they took her to Woodland and they killed her there. Oh my God. Yeah. At this point, police had no leads on who the killer could potentially be. So they took a pretty odd and uncommon route to get more information out of the witnesses and shoppers from the day at Wilts. You want to guess what they did? Gift cards. No. Oh. Interrogation? No. 
hypnosis. Oh, fun. Okay. The following Wednesday, July 2nd, and again on Thursday, July 3rd, four witnesses were put under hypnosis to hopefully draw up any leads. This was just a day before what was supposed to be Shelly's 16th birthday. I looked into a little bit of research on whether or not hypnosis is taken seriously within the court systems. According to justice.gov, in certain limited cases, the use of forensic hypnosis can be an aid to the investigative process. Witnesses to crimes have been able to recall certain facets of the crime while in a hypnotic state that they had not remembered without hypnosis. But, according to a report from apmreports.org, some experts fear the process can cause people to remember things that didn't actually happen. So while it may help investigations, courts have been wary to accept it as actual evidence. Yeah, I could see that. Because if the cops can get a lead and it ends up leading to something substantial, obviously it, it was good. Yeah. But yeah, I could see it not being like you can't like be do a testimony in yeah. court or something. Exactly. Now, now, see, I truly believe in the hypnosis thing. I'm, I oh, understand I do what too. you're saying. But – I think that you can recall license plates and, and things like that. Yeah, stuff hypno- you didn't pay attention to before. And, and then when you get in that hypnosis state, they'll be like, can you see the license plate? And it's like, yeah, I can see it. Because you looked at it and it's Yeah, in it's your- there. It's, yeah. it's there somewhere, yeah. 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 And hypnosis works. I've been hypnotized before. Have you? Really? I yeah. want to be I want to be hypnotized. I do not. I do. I, don't, I, I like lost, being in control. I lost, <laughs> I lost three hours of my life I in like hypnosis. being in control, yeah. too. What? Yep. I'll tell you about it later. Uh, paranormal podcast. Oh, no, yeah. it's not like that. That's still, still it's under the realm. It is. Well, yeah. that's true. I mean, uh, hypnosis is considered junk science by science standards. So, although it has been used since World War II, it doesn't always give true facts. Even if they think this way, they can detach people from the trauma and emotions that go around the event they're asking about. Mm-hmm. We still know so little about how the human brain works, but what we do know that is that sometimes our brains just kind of put in filler to make the situations or memories make sense to us mm-hmm. and, you yeah. know, as we're remembering them, even if it didn't really happen, mm-hmm. which we do that when you think about like your memories as a child, you kind of just fill the parts in to make it make sense to you, yeah. which is so, it gives me the ickies. Yeah, because it's like, what really happened? Mm-hmm. Although the article released after the hypnosis session stated that they were fruitful, that's a quote from them, and were provided clues, the detectives working on the case stated in the exact same article that nothing major was learned and they learned or they gained little knowledge from the hypnosis. The few things they did learn were passed on to the FBI. They also were able to release an updated composite sketch of the suspect based on the people that were put under hypnosis. It's been nearly 42 years since the abduction and murder of Shelley Ann Warner. From what I've gained from reading her grandmother's obituary from 2013, her parents are back together. I don't know if this is true or not, but from that obituary, they had her and the mom in parentheses because Ralph, it was his mom that passed away. And then next to his name was Kathleen's in parentheses. So I'm assuming they're back together. Um, I'm sure they're still looking for answers to what could have happened to their daughter. She wasn't dating anyone at the time, so that's a loose end. And she wasn't known to have any enemies at all. Yeah, it seemed like opportunity the way he was hanging out inside yeah. the store. Yeah, and he was talking to other teenage girls. Mm-hmm. So, As of April 2022, Mishawaka has established a three-person cold case homicide task force. Previously, for nearly 30 years... 
All murders in St. Joe County, including cold cases, were investigated by a countywide multi-jurisdictional homicide task force. That task force disbanded, and in place of it, Mishawaka established the Cold Case Task Force, which is put together by retired police officers. Nice. Yeah. I, I read about that. Yeah. Yeah. This is completely volunteer-based. These officers don't get paid, um, and they've just decided to come together and solve several cold case homicides. They're currently working on seven cases from the area, but they think they may have been able to solve one so far. <gasps> they didn't announce what seven cases they're working on? They just said seven? They have, I think they have announced a couple of them, but the one that they think they've solved is Shelley's, Shelley's case. <gasps> oh... Last week, or excuse me, the last week of April of 2022, the task force was presenting Shelley's case to the prosecutor's office. As of this recording, which is May 2nd, I can't find anything that has been established or released to the public. But what the task force has stated is that they do believe that they have found the suspect in Shelley's kidnapping and murder. Ashley's about to jump out of her skin right now. <laughs> yeah, because I know you're about to tell me he's already fucking dead. But they don't believe any charges will be able to go forward because the suspect is deceased. Blech. If anything is released, though, I'll be sure to try to get something out, either with a bonus episode or an update at the beginning of a future episode. Although justice may not be able to be served, let's hope her family can get some peace knowing that the man in question is no longer on the streets. If you do have any tips, Crime Stoppers is still taking tips anonymously, anonymously online at their website, MichianaCrimestoppers.com, or by calling 1-800-342-STOP or 574-288-STOP. Crime Stoppers gives code numbers, they don't use names, and they do not have caller ID. So you can submit your tips completely anonymously without the fear that it will come back on you. So I honestly don't have any theories regarding this case. There are literally no leads other than the sketch from the witnesses, which I will be sure to post photos of Shelly and the two sketches on our social media pages. So Ashley, Jeremy, do either of you have any ideas, questions, comments? So they have two sketches because they did one from them like being like, well, his back was turned, we weren't sure, but just his hair and his mustache. And then they have the second one, which is the one after the hypnosis, yes. which was just like the same but more detailed, I'm guessing? A little bit, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, that doesn't make any sense. How would they know what his mustache looked like if he was back was turned? Well, if they, they see the side of his face. No, they, they couldn't get, mustache. they don't know if he had a weapon. That's what oh, they said. They don't gotcha. know if he had a weapon because during that whole situation of him going up to the car door, mm-hmm. his back was to them. Yeah, oh, and then okay. maybe he like looked around. They just kind of saw him as he drove yeah. off and that's why they. Mm-hmm. So And saw him by the front door. I right. wonder if he was a little bit older than they were thinking because that would, I mean, how many years did you say it been? it's been? 43? 42. 42. Mm-hmm. And if he was like 18, that would only make him 60. Well, he didn't have to die from natural causes. I mean, he well, could have died I know. I'm just saying, or you know, if he's living a sketchy life, killing people. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I wonder if maybe he was a little bit older. Well, and I know a lot of like 30 year olds that look 16. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, especially at that time, everybody had the shaggy hair and the mustache thing. It's like all I can think about is uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey and dazing. Oh, right, <laughs> oh right, exactly. Right. It was fucking him, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that's the look Seriously, I get. Yeah. So I once again don't understand. They think it's just a single person. I mean, I just you know they we, do we, think it might be another person because of the way that the car was dropped off right they think maybe he, he could have had an accomplice a, yeah that was but a yeah he also car. could have already had a car parked there exactly 
That's true. That's true. But you know, you know, we had this conversation and something we were talking about. uh, One of the last cases we did was I just kept having this gut feeling that it wasn't what it seemed like. I just yeah. As we're telling the story, I just had this gut feeling that it was. I I I almost envisioned three people that them you know two of them waiting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe could be. Of course, that is theory. That is speculation. That don't mean shit. That yeah, just we're just babble. theorizing. Yeah. We're just yeah. talking. Let me let me make sure that I put that out there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, because I mean, it could have been ten people. You right. can't. Yeah. Uh, everybody only saw the one guy, and the, where it was parked at the gas station, nobody. There were no witnesses there. Nobody nope. saw him exchange the cars. Nope. That is super unfortunate. Yep. But man, well, you would think you would have seen her get out of the car. My, I'm wondering if she knew him. Oh, so she wasn't panicked? Yes. Maybe it was like an older boy who maybe she like was a cute older boy from her school, like a senior or something. Maybe. That knew yeah. that she was like, hey, this nerd likes me. Like, let's fuck her up. Yeah. And got some of this. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, anything, anything is possible. Anything is possible in these kinds of cases. I mean, it's. It could have been somebody that liked her and she didn't like him back. So he's like mm-hmm. yeah. stalking her and, oh, she's going she's going to the grocery store by herself. Mm-hmm. He's like did... obsessed with her. Yeah, like the case we did, the the I survived case. Like, yeah, yep, yep. But she didn't even know. It was just some guy in passing. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't he just live in the walls like a normal boy? <laughs> That's terrible. I'm sorry. Uh, this isn't the United States oh, paranormal. I get all confused. <laughs> I just... Once again, how personal? How personal is it to to kill somebody? I mean, shoot them in the head at close range like yeah. that. That is way personal. Yep. Especially and two shots is weird too. If you think about it, uh-huh. why didn't he just shoot her in the head? Why did he shoot her like in the maybe he just torso? Maybe because you just said body. Second? She just yeah, said body. Yeah, so it was, was like it was in the body. Yeah. Okay. It just said body. So I would assume torso somewhere in the torso. Yeah. So maybe that. Maybe because otherwise they'd say arm or leg. Maybe that one was just a secondary shot to make sure that she was down. Or maybe he shot her because like stomach's a kill shot. It, it is. So like if he shot her in the stomach, maybe it just didn't happen fast enough for him. So then he shot her in the head too. Could be. Maybe. Maybe Ugh. he felt bad. Maybe he had remorse. Gross. Fucked up. It is pretty sad. It's pretty sick. Yeah. So hopefully... Oh, she was 15. 15 yeah. years old. That's a lot I of life to live. Number. That's such a bad number. 15? Yeah. Like for... That's just such... It's so young. It's such a weird age. You don't mm-hmm. even know anything. Yeah. It sucks. So innocent. And yeah. And so much more to do and so much... Yeah. yeah. And like starting to make plans, starting to come into yourself and yep. figure out who you are mm-hmm. and get your confidence and it's just sad. Yeah, absolutely. So before we wrap things up, I would like to give a quick shout out to the other members of the Golden Mojo Network of Podcasts, Golden Image Podcasts, The Call Guys, and the United States of Paranormal. So Jeremy, would you like to give a little promo for Golden Image? Golden Image, you know you know, you want to listen because you want to know where we've been and what we've been up to. That's right. We like to go out to all of the local breweries, restaurants, wineries, casinos, Comic-Cons. It doesn't matter. We like to go out and visit the world and have an adventure. And then we want to come back and tell you about it so you can go have that adventure too. Oh, yeah. yeah. He goes to places so you don't have to. <laughs> We go to places so that you'll want to. So you'll want yeah. to. Oh, so you'll yeah. know yeah. where to go. Yeah. 
Uh, if you need a little pick-me-up after a super deep episode of Murder Nerds, head on over to The Call Guys. The Call Guys is hosted by Gunner, who's also a co-host on the Golden Image podcast, and Colton, who discuss movies, TV shows, and literally everything pop culture. Uh, and you may see a bit of a crossover episode in Murder Nerds' future. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe you will. Or Super maybe excited. you want to keep yourself creeped out. If so, Jeremy and I help host a paranormal show, The United States of Paranormal. Along with our Texas partners, Logan, Matt, and Bose, we go on a road trip across America telling tales of hauntings, cryptids, and weird places from each state. Who'd ever thought that we'd be teaming up with Team Tejas clear across the United States? I know. I love it. Opposite We're the Boozers, but Roy called us the Boobsers today. <laughs> Even better. I'm so going to have to have the t-shirts changed up. <laughs> Links and social media for all of these podcasts can be found within our show notes and on our social media pages. Go support our small podcast network. The more support, the more we grow, the better the content. Have anything you want to tell us? Have a case you'd like us to research for a future episode? You can contact us at our email, murdnerds at gmail.com, or search for murdnerds on all popular social media. Do it. If you would rather be anonymous with your opinions, located in our bios on our, all of our social media platforms is a Linktree account. And you can click on that, find it, and at the top of the link in our, is our survey page. It's completely anonymous. While you're on social media pages, you can find photos and a map of each case that we cover. Don't forget to subscribe to us anywhere that you enjoy listening to podcasts. If you're an Apple Podcast or Spotify listener, please rate and review within the app. This is the best and the easiest way to help support us at Murder Nerds. Plus, it's completely free. Yes. Isn't there something, and I'm stupid, so isn't there something like on Facebook? You can rate us on Facebook too? Yes, you can rate us on Facebook. I'm not stupid. You're not stupid. Nope. <laughs> This helps us move up in the charts and also gets us noticed by sponsors for ads. If you would like to help support the podcast monetarily, you can pledge a monthly donation of 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99. This helps us at Murderers with equipment, merch, licensing and anything else that we could possibly need to make Murderers possible. This is not a money-making venture for us. We do this because we want to and it takes a lot of time and energy in the process. Right, Jeremy? It's a <laughs> it's a money-taking ex- Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I ju- I was going to say we use our own money to fund everything, mostly Jeremy because this is a studio so this is all of his stuff but um everything that goes on within all of the podcasts and the small amount we have been making off ad revenue is going right back into the podcast right back into the studio to make it bigger and better for our listeners so if you can show your support by pledging a donation each month or even purchase some pretty awesome merchandise that we have available on the murder merch shop located within our social media so that was seamless thank you Right now, we have three super awesome contributors. Guess who they are? The Team Tejas. Team Tejas. Yep, Logan, Matt, and Pose over at the United States of Paranormal. Thank you guys again for helping us at Murder Nerds each month. You guys are incredible. So, and they're pretty funny, I guess. They're oh, keep yeah, you know the they are. Tejas. It took us. It took us what two podcasts to get it right? Yeah, I. I don't know why. <sighs> All right, guys. Until next week, stay safe out there. Bye. Bye. Bye.